everyone. Uh, welcome to episode three of Kathy's Wild Heart. Uh, tonight's episode is called Surfer Girl. Um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, one of my purposes with these podcasts is to help people reconnect with nature because I feel that's the number one thing that we really need to reconnect to. I think we're sorely disconnected from nature. Um, when thinking over subjects, believe it or not, uh, surfing quickly came to my mind because I always have been drawn to the ocean and its power, which I think is something far beyond anything that we even know or realize. And so the thought of when I see that, I, it just mesmerizes me because it seems like the surfers just sort of dance on her waves, you know, with such grace. And and I know that although it looks really graceful and easy. I know it's incredibly difficult and unpredictable because you can't predict the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think you can. I think you, you can use that good judgment in your experience to ride it out and, and, and be much more at ease with it than some people would. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't think you can really predict her. Um, so I guess I, I feel that in order to able to be able to do that, that you have to on some level be really using all your instincts and being as in tune with with it as you can. So I thought, you know, wanting to know all these things that I needed to interview a surfer. So with that, let me introduce you guys tonight to my guest, Dustin Tester. Hello, Dustin. Thank you. Welcome. Hi, Kathy. So good to meet you. And I love your premise. Nature is so important to be connected to right now. I can't agree more. Oh, it's so important. And everyone is not meaningly, but it just seems like they're out of touch. And I think there's a longing to reconnect. So that's sort of, and the subjects of this podcast are vast and they vary. You know, we've interviewed a hunter who really has respect for the land and animals. And we've um, interviewed a uh, rodeo cowboy um, and, and his desire to educate people on husbandry and treating animals properly and the thrills of a rodeo. And now we got a surfer girl. And I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're a girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy about that because, you know, this is really a male dominated sport and girls are coming up there, man. They're making their presence known. And I think that's really pretty awesome. Yeah, I've seen a big difference being from Maui growing up as a surfer girl here as a seven-year-old to seeing equal women and men in the lineups now. So it's really cool yeah. to watch the women get empowered. Well, that's what I was going to say. So she's coming to us uh, from Maui. So this is a over-the-phone podcast. So as we're sitting here at about 7.30 p.m., it's like 2.30 p.m. your time over there. Yep, that's it. So we're a little, a little bit ahead of you, but um, you know, you're you've spent your day out on the ocean surfing. I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was a good day out there in paradise. And you were saying that you were you're picking up a new sport. What is that? Well, it's been exciting to watch this new sport called foil boarding um, emerge here on the shores of Maui, and um, it's basically the closest thing I've ever felt towards flying. So you're hovering above the ocean, catching the smallest little waves, and it flies you. This uh, foil catches the little energy under the ocean, and it lifts your board up, and you just kind of fly anywhere you want to go on the ocean. Oh. It's, it's surreal. It's the biggest... Uh, feeling of freedom on the ocean I felt it's it's a really hard sport to pick up so I'm starting to get the hang of it how long have you been trying that 
Uh, I would say two years off and on, and I just got a prone board, which is um, a surfboard, um, before I learned on a stand-up paddle board. So now I'm kind of making it the next step, which is surfing on one of these boards. Oh, wow. That's yeah, pretty impressive. I, I know, and Doug is just such a fan of uh, watching the, the beautiful cinematography that people do with surfers. You know, yeah. lots of documentaries and getting the surfer with their talents and then the camera angles and the photos and everything. It's really turned into like an art form to watch and follow. So pretty sure cool. So have you been raised in Maui? Let's, let's get some history. Yeah, for sure. My dad was born and raised in Hawaii, and he surfed here in Maui when he was a kid. And then, um, yeah, and he taught me when I was a kid, so he passed down his passion. And, um, in fact, I actually ended up becoming a competitive skimboarder when I was a kid. I really got into skimboarding, and here on Maui, it's kind of next-level skimboarding because you have these steep beaches and big shore breaks. And so I used to sprint down the beach and glide towards these shore break waves and um, it's super hard sport but I really got into it because I loved running and sprinting and um, yeah and then I just surfed and um, it led me to start Maui Surfer Girls which is my uh, business of 20 years now here teaching and empowering women and girls through surfing. Oh, that's great. I, I, we were, I was going to ask you that. So I know I, I really what I know the most about you is that you're a surfer. So you have a business where you teach and encourage women to cultivate this sport, right? Correct. Yeah. In fact, we about, well, 20 years ago, we launched our teen summer camps for 12 to 17 year old girls. And then all the moms were like, hey, how come you don't do it for women? We want to learn too. And so uh, I launched about five years ago, a women's camp. So overnight women program where you get, uh, it's a little more cushy because it's not the team program, but we like have massage therapists there for massage and really good food and yoga and surfing every morning. And it's kind of like a wellness retreat with surfing tied in. And yeah, it's, it's taken off. I've got wait lists now. For oh, program. congratulations. That's great. So people come from all over the world really to do this, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a pretty good international following and uh, we've gotten even Southern women and girls coming in. So, you know, even if you're landlocked in Alabama or wherever, you could still come on over and we teach total beginners that have never even been in the ocean. And that's my favorite student because their mind is just blown. They're like, oh, my God. So and they do fun. okay. Like, yeah. like the first time sur- surfer generally does okay in general. Yeah. You know, we have a really good success rate. And, I mean, you know, the week-long program is really good for beginners because, you know, you're still getting used to the paddling and you're using all new arm uh, arm strength and muscles. Mm-hmm. But by the end, about day two, day three, you get a little more better at it. Um, our surf lessons are held at a very easy beginner wave, um, and it's long. We call the, the wave Thousand Peaks. It's like a lot oh, of peaks, wow. but they, they're really gentle rollers. Okay. It gives you plenty of time to stand up, and we got big soft top boards that are very stable. So, so if you were a, if you're a snowboarder, this would be like the bunny slopes, sort of getting you started yeah, exactly. up to the blues and stuff like that. Exactly, that's what I call it. I call it the bunny slopes, and then it's neat because you know every day is different on the ocean. So some days you might have some black diamonds, but luckily <laughs> that would be what I would to... get on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Our wave is fun because you can go on the outside and catch the black diamond waves, or you could just go on the bunny slopes on the inside. 
So it's a, it, it can be varied, and we have two other locations that we can take people to. So, yeah, nice. it's, it's good. It's yeah, it's super fun. It's it's all about just catching a wave and not having the pressure of having to necessarily stand up on the first try. You know, right. it's all about yeah. about just perseverance and trying until you get it. And um, we've got great surf coaches to help you along the way. Well, if I'm ever there, um, I'll I'll look you up. I promise. I, I definitely yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. Well, Doug, yeah. Doug has yeah. surfed a little bit in his day, not in Hawaii, but I, I lived yeah. on the east coast of Florida for a while. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. uh, I I tell you, the surfing um, over there, there's really, I'm sure there's some people that would, you know, gladly teach you and such, but I never, you know, took that. I just hung out with, yeah, I just hung out with friends and kind of learned from them. I I come from a skateboarding background and uh, so I decided to try this and wakeboarding and skiing behind boats and things like that. Sure. uh, but I, yeah, I, yeah. when I got in the ocean over there and I, I got some, you know, decent waves to ride on, I, I couldn't believe how physical it is to surf. Yeah. I mean, the paddling, really the paddling mm-hmm. and learn to manage the waves and get past the breaks and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's just, it's amazing. It's by the time you get out there and you sit and wait for a decent wave and you ride mm-hmm. one and you you're not successful and you fall off and you're sitting here like, I am worn out. I rode one wave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's why it's good to have a coach. I end up towing people out. I put my foot on the front of their board and just motor them out. Um, People appreciate the tow. Yeah, I would (laughs) want the tow. Give me the tow. That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The tow service. And the the longer boards, a lot of beginners don't know what kind of board to go on, really. And they want... They see shortboarding, right? And you're like, I want to be on a shortboard, but those are impossible to paddle. Yeah. So we get you on these huge, I call them my stretch limos of the Pacific, and they just cruise like a Cadillac board. Yeah. Yeah. I think those look pretty cool, actually. So you were saying that you learned to surf at about seven, right? Yeah, seven. That's a little girl. I, I know. I even saw a little two-year-old out this morning with oh. uh, his da- her daddy yeah. on the front of the board and with like the little wings, the water wings on her arms and right. goggles. It was so freaking cute. But yeah, so many kids on Maui learn so young now. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, 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 you know, I remember never learning to swim when I was a little girl because we were, we were put in the water before we could walk probably. So, yeah. you know, in some ways there's, there's a lot of quality in that because they learn, Yeah, you get they to, learn. Yeah. It's a way to do it. Just get good. And then, yeah, our location, like I said, is super gentle. So, you know, I hopefully it won't be as intimidating for someone like you that comes from the mainland. that's not used to the ocean maybe so much. Okay. What, no. what's the slang word for, for, uh, people from the mainland? Is there one? There's something. Oh yeah. In Hawaii <laughs> we call them howlies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's mm-hmm. definitely what I would be. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't take that as an insult because that's just what I am. Um, yeah, ha- yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you always felt like you've been drawn to the ocean? Like you've connected to it on some level? Oh my God, so much. I think my soul was meant to be raised here in Hawaii because I, I learned so many different ocean sports. I, like I said, I was a skimboarder, a surfer, a body surfer, every kind of water sport there is. Yeah. Um, I'm super mermaid. Um, I spent all day in the water if I could. And, and I, I was so blessed to launch Maui Surfer Girls. And I 
became successful at it for 20 years. I've been just teaching surf lessons in the ocean, making a pretty good living at it. And That's so awesome. not only do I get to play in the ocean, but it's my livelihood. So good for lucky. you. Good for you. Thank you. Um, how would you describe the surfing culture? You know, I yeah. see it on TV and it just looks like this laid back, super chill, cool lifestyle. But I mean, I don't know. How would you describe it? Yeah, it is pretty laid back, the island culture and the um, surf culture here. And, you know, sometimes people in the mainland get the, the impression that we're very territorial and kind of aggressive. And I would disagree. I mean, being from Maui, I feel like I have the aloha, which means love. Uh-huh. And, um, and I think it really depends on what waves that you go on. If you go to a very advanced surf break, maybe you would get some hassles. But Maui's got a lot of beginner waves, too. And so if you respect, like, where you are and you don't paddle out where it's really aggressive and big waves, then you're fine. But I, I find that everyone's really welcoming um, and um, laid back, like you said. And, and we're all in Maui time, so there's not, like, a lot of rushing. And, like, today my friend came and she has, like, her truck filled with boards and coolers and umbrella. And she went diving yesterday and caught fish and made it into ceviche. And she had that in her you know, cooler. So we're just like eating ceviche that she, she caught yesterday and just cruising at her truck. And so, yeah, it's just real laid back. And, um, a lot of locals right now are out of work because tourism is bye-bye from the coronavirus. So all my friends are just surfing nonstop with no tourists here. We haven't had that in like, since I was a baby. I I guess that's the upside, right? Like you've, you've got it to yourself. We have it to ourselves, but kind of the bummer is that no one has work. And so you think, oh, good, there's no tourists here, so there's no crowds, but then no one's working, so everyone's surfing. And they're all like real surfers, too. So, yeah, I see it. Dominating the waves, yeah. But it's been really nice um, as far as just like being on the beach and not feeling like stressed out about the coronavirus because we're all outside and with a healthy lifestyle here. You know, you're really active and healthy. Yeah, I bet it is. Back when yeah. I uh, back when I was learning to surf down in uh, um, down in Florida, um, I you were talking about the culture uh, that that locals down there. You know, I was new to to, to the territory down there, moving and, and learning the different breaks and all. Um, they're mm-hmm. extremely territorial, almost uh, mm-hmm. almost to the point yeah. of wanting to fight you to like, yeah. get out of the water. Right. And it, yeah. it, 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 it made it for, it wasn't a fun time sometimes if <laughs> yeah. he started getting waves and everybody's going to the same spot. I um, know. That's too bad. I've yeah. heard that. I, I lived in Santa Cruz and it was that way. It seems like the mainland has more aggressive. Well, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure we did. Shore, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We're a little more really? stressed out over here well, on the mainland. Well, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think, th- I think they do because they don't get near the waves, uh, you know, or they, or the consistency of them. And when they yeah, do, that's true. You know, so people are jonesing. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. that that leads me to the next question that I had, I, just because of what I've seen or you know, sort of the reputation for it, and it intrigued me that you are a woman surfer. Was do the male surfers show you respect when you're in line to catch these waves? Are you're pretty well known there? Yeah, you know, it's funny that that whole sexism in the lineup because I have received some of it before even for me that I've grew up here and I'm pretty shocked sometimes when I 
uh, I'll be at a very advanced wave. Like Honolulu Bay is one of my favorite waves on the island. It's on the North Shore, and it's like a perfect point break, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I grew up surfing it, and I feel like I'm a local, and everyone knows that I know how to surf, but I've seen some people look at me and drop in on my wave when I was like, deeper than them and it was my wave you know right obviously and they see me being a woman powing into a big wave and just assume I'm not going to make my drop and and then burn me and then I get out and like what the hell you know and I get so upset with that because if I was a guy in that situation they would have not dropped in on me you know yeah yeah. Well, so, you know, I that's just the woman that thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we haven't got there all the way yet, right? Yeah. We yeah. will. We will. We're yeah, working. Yeah, it's getting way. better, yeah. though. I think it's it's definitely improved. I mean, like I said, I've seen way more women in the lineups, even in really advanced waves. And I'm like, you go, girls. Like, one time I was on the Big Island, and it was a big day. It was like 10-foot faces and it was all women and there was no guys out there. And I was like, yes, this is so amazing to be in big surf with only women in the lineup. So it's happening. That's great. That makes me proud. All right. So have you seen sharks out there when you're surfing? Have you surfed with them? You know, very rarely. I, I only in all the years teaching and all the years surfing here, I probably have seen once in the lineup, I saw a little baby shark kind of cruise. You could see the outline of it through a mm-hmm. wave. And I was like, oh, my God. And the whole lineup was just, like, not paddling in. And we just were like, wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> but it didn't come at us. It was just right. swimming around. Um, well, and then, yeah, I've been teaching where I teach. There, whoops, where I teach, there's not any way. Uh, there's no sharks. I, I do get students, like, super scared of going surfing because they have these huge sharks years they've watched uh, shark shark too much week. shark week yeah, yeah. <laughs> which has now turned into shark month i think yeah <laughs> it seems like it's on constantly i'm like all right it's, enough of that it's, it's funny um so i learned to surf in uh, new smyrna beach which is the shark bike capital of the world okay i don't know if you've heard of that place but it's it's right at the um uh, near Cape Canaveral, it's right at the inlet uh, from the Indian River. It's uh, you know an uh, intercoastal waterway, and so when the mm-hmm. tide comes in and out, the fish come in and out, and the sharks feed. Yeah, yeah, but, and they're right. aggressive down there too. But you know, and that that seems like the the East Coast is the most. Um, yeah, they it, they yeah, are, they but out. yeah, but like it's it's uh, so the first guy I met down there. Um, when I moved down there and, and he was going to show me to surf, um, he worked in actually one of the surf shops down there called Interlight. And uh, he uh, <laughs> he showed me, I, I was joking around and said, hey, what about sharks out there? And and, I, and he goes, well, here you go. And he pulled his uh, leg around and he showed me where he'd been bitten <laughs> down there oh at New Smyrna. So he had like, a, I did not need to see that. Yeah. Then, well, that's, that. you know, I mean, I, I, I get people being afraid of it, but yeah your chances of actually being bitten by a shark or slim to none and and i don't know about you but um like whenever i was out there i was more worried about catching the waves not looking around for sharks i was uh (laughs) i I never really thought much about it you know yeah yeah for sure i mean it's out of sight out of mind and it's so rare and people come to my surf lessons and they're and I go, you know what? You just did the most dangerous thing today. And they go, oh, yeah, what? And I said, drive your car to the surf lot. Yeah, really? It's more likely you'll get killed in your car than out here in the ocean today. And that usually calms people down a little bit. Yeah, it's true. So if y'all are listening, you know, especially out there um, where you're at, that's really not anything to worry about. I do want to ask you about your dog, Luna. 
Tell me about Luna. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I have a little prodigy surfer dog here, and she's actually a big girl. Luna's a 70-pound lab pointer, and she's 10 years old and still surfs with me. I taught her right when she was about, right after she got all her shots, maybe six months old. Yeah. And, yeah, so she's been surfing for almost 10 years with me and my surf school. Wow. And <laughs> Yeah, and how she, do you get her out there? I mean, does she just jump on the board and, and you paddle her out there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think initially it just takes like a dog that's comfortable in the ocean and swimming, mm-hmm. and she she loves the water, um, probably because she's lap. Okay. And um, yeah, and then she just she trusts me, so I was like up up up, and she just jumps on the board, and I have these big soft tops, you know, so we get a big board, and um, wherever I go, she goes. So <laughs> she just paddles. She she can even catch her own wave. I just push her in like a student. I come off her board, and usually we tandem together. But sometimes I'll be like, "Okay, Luna, this is all you," and I'll just shove her into a wave, and she goes. <laughs> she rides it. Yeah. So the yeah. so the soft tops you're talking great. about are the boards. They're they're covered in foam on the top, or they're foam boards. Yes. Is that correct? And that- kind of like the ones that I use are actually um, epoxy bottom, so they're really stiff but this the, the deck has like a soft material so that you don't have to wax it and it's yeah and it's thick it's like a so, real thick yeah. 12 so, and she 12 can hang so the dogs won't slip off of it or no yeah it's grippy and it's 12 foot long so yeah oh, wow. super long yeah, but she cruises yeah. on that <laughs> oh my god she goes crazy she's like barks and like every time a wave comes she sees it and she barks at me i'm like okay well, i know i see it too <laughs> i want that wave second, mom. <laughs> yeah and then the second i turn my board towards shore she's like gets on the front gets into position like she that goes, is so and great. everyone asked me like did you train her and i said you know i think she was a surfer in her last life because i never trained her she just knew what to do yeah that's great cool. I, I watched a couple of your videos on instagram and i was Definitely impressed. And I think you're right. I mean, we we get the uh, pet we're intended to have a lot of the time. So you two were meant to be together. We really were. Yeah, she's like my soulmate for sure. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, we're dog people too. So we, we, we had such high hopes to, you know, get them to play in the water and stuff. And they looked at us like, nope. We're not going to do that. Don't do it. Yeah. But they don't know any different. But, you know, it's all fun. But I do love, I did love seeing your dog. And I think that's just a really cool thing that you got there. Um, Okay. So let's get back to the serving. Tell me about your worst wipeout. Well, my most frightening wipeout was at Jaws. I, I was blessed to be able to surf that big, huge wave in the kind of mid 2000s with one of my best friends, Andrea Moeller. And uh, she's this amazing Brazilian who actually last year got um, nominated for the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest wave a woman has ever paddled into. Oh, wow. And I think it was like a 40-foot wave she paddled down into without a jet ski assist. So she's pretty badass. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and me and her got a chance to go out there on our jet skis, and she towed me into probably a 30-foot wave. and. I started to get the hang of it and get kind of relaxed out there. Like, okay, I think I can do this. And then you never get relaxed on a big wave because that's right when I I wiped out. And mm, I lucked out. I could have been really held under for a long time. But, uh, yeah, I came up and another big wave was coming in. And Andrea zipped in and got me on her jet ski. So I got, I would have. It would have been worse than it was. But it was just really scary to wipe out with so much water. And oh you know. yeah, yeah. The power we, we wear of water. Life and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched that on those uh, 
on those movies, those guys, and and a lot of the, a lot of them wear the inflatable like vest nowadays when they get into the really yep. big stuff. Were yeah, you wearing, they have cartridges. Yeah, yeah, were you wearing one of those or? Well, the, uh, since two thousand five, everything is really advanced. The technology. Um, uh-huh. I was on a. I had an impact vest. The kind makes these impact vests that are not like super buoyant, but enough where you can kind of go under if you need to because if you have like a life vest that's really buoyant you're just going to get mowed down by all the way white water yeah um but so now what's cool is they have co2 cartridges inside so you can just have a flat vest with no buoyancy and then if you wipe out you pull a cord and it fills up with water really fast and shoots you to the surface because mine didn't shoot me to the surface very fast because it wasn't like super buoyant so it was better than nothing, but it's definitely way more safe now. Is it, um, did you not, like, I know a lot of those waves break over uh, reefs, and sure. it's pretty shallow under there. Um, uh, is that, were you injured on a reef, or, or you know, or, or have you ever? I've definitely, yeah, I mean, I've had my fair share of reef cuts, but I've been blessed not to get, like, knocked out unconscious or anything, and. Actually, when you surf in bigger waves, they they break further out, and it's not unless you're at pipeline on the on Oahu, but like Jaws, you're not going to necessarily hit a reef. It's pretty far out, and um, so I'd probably be breaking on maybe 25 feet of water or so. So oh, okay. you're not like it's not like super super shallow there. Yeah, I, I never would, hit the bottom. That would not be cool. Um, yeah, so we great. were talking before we got started, and Doug mentioned who his favorite surfer is right this moment and who did you say it was Kyleni. okay yeah. it's just somebody i really I, i'm watching the guy he's from a kid and what the only time i get to see him here in huntsville on, alabama is on, <laughs> on outdoor tv and the surf movies that come out and watch the latest so dustin you know this 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 kid right yeah i i knew his da- i know his dad and so i kind of saw him as a little grom grow up and he was just exposed to so many water sports on Maui at a time when it was just exploding with kite surfing and windsurfing and foiling and all the sports. And he just picked it up like a prodigy kid. And now he's glad. Yeah, he's really incredible to watch um, in all the sports he does. Yeah, he's wow. a very multi, multi-sport multi water sport athlete. Didn't he start out in uh, stand-up paddle boarding? I believe his actually first sport was ironically windsurfing. I know he was into windsurfing a lot and then kite surfing, all the wind sports here because he lived um, on the North Shore of Maui, which is the mecca for windsurfing and kite surfing. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, then he got more into all the other, yeah. Sports and then you said he boards. likes Taco Bell, right? <laughs> he, yeah, he loved <laughs> Taco Bell. I was, I was in shock and. It, he had a cooler full of Taco Bell burritos and he would pal over to the escort boat and be like, another one. And I would just huck a burrito to him in the lineup and then he'd paddle out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a stand up paddle board that day too. And he would just paddle into like a 40 foot monster oh, fueled on Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my God. Only like a 19 year old could really pull that off. You know, I wonder like if we can 19. get a Taco Bell endorsement. And that on this sponsorship. 
Yeah, that was yeah, for sure. That's, that's seriously an inside scoop. I don't think he probably wants a lot of people know he eats Taco Bell, but maybe back well, then, you know, you know, in the, you know, when you're you're exerting that much energy, you need something handy, right? You know, something. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, it was like bean burritos nonstop. That's pretty cool. He loved his bean burritos. That's but good. Yeah, he's a night. You know what's good about Kai Linney is he's super humble and easy to be around. It's, his fame didn't get to his head. He. He reaches out in the community all the time and does community events. And a lot of kids here on Maui just idolize the guy. And he's super down to earth, you know. So I like that about it him. It seems like one of those sports, though, that even the ones that go really far with it, it, you watch the interviews with them. And I think there's something about the ocean life that probably keeps you pretty humble. Yeah, it does. It yeah, does. I, but you do also meet kind of some jerks out there, too, that their head that's the ego <laughs> the right yeah yeah the ego but for the most part we're all pretty down to earth yeah that's cool that's cool so what's your ultimate surfing destination or are you in it I know I know I live a dreamy life over here on Maui but um I've been lucky to travel a lot and um well, my last big surf trip I was really impressed with I went to the series of islands called the mental wives Okay. Uh, in Indonesia, and um, I stayed at this place called Kandui Villas, and it's this beautiful resort in um, in the Mentawais. And they grow their own food, and there's so there's so many ways. It was like a water park surrounding the series of all these islands, and we would just boat out to all these surf breaks and have them to ourselves. And oh, wow, nice. that was the true paradise right there in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know like some people in Hawaii always want to do Australia or some people in Australia always want to do that, do the islands and, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever had a what? chance to go to Bali or is it? How, yeah, how you, I've seen. Tia, yeah, Bali. Tia, how do you say it? Tia Hupu? Tia Hupu, oh, uh, yeah, that's in uh, Tahiti. I haven't been to Tahiti yet, but I have been to Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to go. My next real big one would be um a series of islands in the Indian Ocean. It's actually an atoll that's starting to go underwater because the sea levels are rising so much. Uh-huh. So I want to hit these places that are like might not be here in 20 years kind of thing. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good bucket list to have. And that is the perfect segue into the next question I was going to ask you, really. Sure. Uh, do you feel that surfing has connected you more to nature and wanting to protect it? Oh, God, so much. And that's part of our mission at Maui Surfer Girls is to empower these girls to really respect the ocean and hopefully help us save it because we are seeing crazy sea levels rising right now. Um, my beach park is already starting to go in the ocean mm. um, because of high tides and high ocean levels um, and the plastic gyre. I'm sure if everyone's heard about all yeah. the plastic in oh, the yeah. ocean. And so when these girls come to my camp and they tend to like travel sometimes and see these places and want to protect it. And um, I, I hope I can plant that seed in them and also myself um, help out when I go travel to different places. Like Bali was so polluted. You, I was shocked how much plastic was in the ocean in Bali. Oh, wow. You know, you go to these very exotic locations and you think it's just going to be pristine and mm-hmm. it's not, it's kind of polluted. Mm, that's so, yeah. Yeah. Cause you do. I think of Bali and I have this, beautiful romantic idea of what I'm going to be seeing so yeah Yeah. we're we're just as a as a as a human race we're really failing ourselves um miserably I know it's so disappointing 
Yeah. So it is so disappointing. People don't respect the ocean or don't see that our we're all connected and everything we do is going to affect our environment. So. Well, even you know, pol- you know, um, pollution, throwing your stuff out on the out of the car on the re- side of the road. You know, I mean, we have beautiful yeah. forestry here, and you yeah. can ride down the road, and people just use it as a dump. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! It absolutely, really is starting more than ever to infuriate me. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised, too, the lack of respect. And, and also the climate change deniers that are out there that can't yeah. see that we are actually in a really scary time. It's uh, very scary. And it's moving very fast. Fast. I'm seeing it big time. I never noticed it until, like, last year, all our trees started to go in the ocean. They cut down our trees and our beach park because the ocean was starting to take them. And then now we have no more shade and we teach like all day long out in the hot sun and we don't have shade anymore. And so it's affecting my surf school. I know. I know it's so sad to see. We just, uh, we just got back from uh, a place in Florida uh, called Cape San Blast and we chose to go there on our vacation because it was very secluded. Mm -hmm. Um, But even though I I could get up in the morning and go walk our dogs uh, you know, about seven o'clock in the morning and, uh, there'd be nobody on the beach, but I'd walk up mm-hmm. and down, uh, the edge of the beaches and just see all this trash right on the water yeah. line where it was just washed up overnight from high tide. And, yeah. um, the location we were in was hit really hard by a hurricane back in 2018, hurricane Michael and, uh, mm-hmm. community is still rebuilding down there. Um, yeah. Uh, they have a huge shortage of labor, uh, believe it or not. With but all their these beaches that are, are disappearing too. But they're, they they uh, they did a beach restoration down there where they had a ship come in and dredge, you know, you yeah. know, out uh, about a mile out, and then pump it in to the shoreline, and then heavy equipment brought all the beach back into it. But where we stayed, since they have restored the beach, uh, it was last fall. Um, mm-hmm. half of it's already gone. And you oh, have no. to wonder, yeah. you know, is, what's the, with the manpower you're putting behind that and, and the energy of the ships out on the ocean and what are you doing? You're spinning your wheels you know, what we have to do is work on, on conservation and changing our habits so that we don't have to go right. out and dredge the freaking ocean so that we can to have a fan. Yeah, to yeah. get people mm-hmm. to come lay on the beach. Why don't we get them to actually start putting something into the preservation of it? So, right. I mean, if you could give everybody, you're in it every day. This is your, mm-hmm. your livelihood. So if you could give everyone a little bit of advice about what they could do to, um, you know, yeah. specifically the oceans to help preserve yeah. them, where, where would you, what would you tell them? Well, the first thing that came to mind was actually one of our campers um, that turned into a surf instructor that became, like I was saying, that like got so inspired by surfing in my camp that she went to college and became an environmentalist. Mm -hmm. And then when she came back to work for me, she told our camp, she's like, okay, I've got a one-year challenge for all of you ladies, 25 teen girls at my camp. I want you to just drink out of uh, your, you know, hydro flask or whatever, and not ever use a plastic water bottle for a whole year. Don't, don't buy one plastic water bottle. And that's your challenge for the year. And a lot of girls ended up doing it for the whole year. They just use their, you know, reusable water bottles. Okay. So I'll I'll put a challenge out there to everybody listening to the podcast. We'll challenge you for one year 
not to drink not to out of a water it. bottle. How about that? Yeah, no plastic water bottles because that plastic water bottle might go in the ocean someday or, you know, and um, these small little things that we can do really help and not like, um, you know, you can become vegetarian potentially and that way you're not eating meat that's causing methane gas that's causing, you know, it's right. all connected. All the little um, nuances that we don't really think about make such a huge difference. Sure. And us as consumers have more power than we realize. About oh yeah, everything. we we have all the power, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. the consumers, yeah. we have all the power, and I, I think when we talk about saving the oceans, people tend to forget too that that, that that's wildlife conservation that we're we're working on as well. Yeah, the fish. You know, the saving yeah. of the fish and and the overfishing mm-hmm. that we do and the overconsumption and the mm-hmm. gluttony that we we're gluttonous. Yeah. We're just gluttonous. You know, we we want we want we want and we don't. We don't do anything to give that wasteful. back. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. if people would really look at how the oceans have changed in 50 years, it's it's terrifying. I know, I know. It's really terrifying. And the sun is so intense now. I feel like there's, like, no ozone layers. Oh. Like, I'm always, like, sunscreened, and, like, it's so much hotter now, but. You know, I feel like we, we, I'm hopeful for the next generation. That's why I'm really passionate about our program at Molly Surfer Girls because, you know, teenage girls are so, or guys are so impressionable. And mm-hmm. if you give them an amazing experience like we do at the camp, it really can plant the seed for them to become environmentalists like Gabby Warsaudi did. Um, and she's really giving back to the earth and, and educating. You know, it's all about like setting examples and they look up to us for role models. So they want to like, look up to us and if we're living a good life that's not gluttonous right. then your kids are going to also not be gluttonous so we have to be good role models for the environment and well, how selfish of us. And, I mean just how yeah. selfish of us you know that we have this yeah. this beautiful planet and we, we're not even conserving it for our children I mean exactly. I, don't, I know I, I can't so yeah. um, one thing that we, being mainlanders, um, really didn't understand was just when we were down at this little cape, this one particular little cape, they don't allow any lights on the, the cape, which is like a little island, because of the mm-hmm. sea turtles. Okay. So they're, at night, there's no lights. There's no street lights. If you turn your outside lights on, they have a red glow. You know, so that mm. they don't disturb the sea turtles. So, so I thought that was kind of beautiful. But the um, the gift with that was being able to see the stars. Oh my God, so much fun! I love seeing the stars. Yep. We were in literally awe. I mean, we we couldn't because here on the mainland, the light pollution is just yeah. you. If people don't even get yeah. it. I mean, I'm like, we were just we would sit outside, and yeah. we were amazed. And I heard Hawaii has or, you know, over there in the islands, you guys have (laughs) not only the best oceans and beach and all that, but your night sky. Yeah, it is so gorgeous. The Milky Way is so bright here. And then Haleakala, which is our volcano on Maui, is the quietest place on Earth. They, scientists went up into all the different areas of the Earth and, and figured out where it's the most peaceful, quiet. There's no sound pollution or light pollution. And there's yeah. Have you been up there? Oh, yeah. Lots, so, lots of camping trips in there. So mm-hmm. Doug can tell you that I don't like noise. I like. Oh, you would love that place. <laughs> it's quiet. I really <laughs> kind of like. quiet. 
I, I want to experience that. I want to experience that because, you know, when I'm at home, I, I, I rarely have the TV on. I really like silence. I feel like I can, I tune into myself, you know, my heartbeat, my breath. I really yeah. like it. I really find comfort in it. So that would be um, uh, amazing. You would love it there. It's so quiet that you can hear the ringing in your ears. It's like so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. might be, yeah, just a little too quiet. I don't it know. It could be a little quiet. Yeah. But then, but then it's pretty neat because sometimes you'll hear they have these indigenous bats that go around that make these cool little sounds. So mm-hmm. you're just like surrounded by nature. Earth sounds. It looks uh, nature sounds. Yeah. yeah nature sounds. I, I can get into that. I could totally be yeah. into that. So yeah, every podcast, I asked uh, each guest to tell me a funny story okay. about what about surfing, so or about whatever your subject is that we're talking about that the with that podcast. So, give me one of your your best surfer stories. A good funny surfer story. Hmm. Cool. Let's see. I would have to think. Well, I. Uh, being being a surf coach, I'm down there all the time. I see everything. I see every single wipeout. I see all all kinds of fun stuff going on. And me and my good friend Kiki, who I was surfing with today, um, she has a dog that surfs. It's like a huge bull mastiff. It's like a beautiful big dog somehow surfing. So we take both of our dogs out there and we just jump off each other's boards and do all these fun tricks and headstands and um, it's not a funny story, but I feel like we're just goofballs out there <laughs> yeah. because we're just bored and we teach them all the time. And so we, we try to think of new tricks all the time. So the, our last trick was Luna on the front of my board. I'm doing a headstand. She's doing a headstand. And then uh, we did a transfer where she came, jumped off her board onto my board with Luna and the three of us are on the board and still kept surfing on one wave. So we're getting good out there with our antics and just entertaining our guests and being silly. <laughs> That's great. I'm looking at your yeah. uh, Instagram. Is that the, the the latest picture you have on your Instagram? Yeah, page? that's why I thought yeah. of it. I just posted that photo of that moment. That's yeah. great. And, yeah, I see. Yeah. I see Luna on the front of your board. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know what's happening, but I'm like right behind her doing a headstand. Yeah, she's just hanging yeah. on. <laughs> That's hanging on. Yeah. Title nine went down there that day. And so we got to be like little t- title nine models. And that was good fun. That's cool. So are you yeah. a, uh, are you vegetarian or do you enjoy your fish there? I, I, I love fish. So I, have I, to. I do. I love fish and, um, I'm actually, I can't eat red meat anymore. I got diagnosed with this thing called hemochromatosis. So I have way too much iron. I'm opposite of most women who are anemic. Yeah, and so I can't eat red meat or anything high in iron, but I so I'm kind of a pescatarian, maybe. Yeah, well, I, I mean, chicken. living there, I would have to, I would have to indulge in some fresh seafood from from time to time, you know. Oh, I think yeah, awesome. <laughs> like yeah, Being like a pescatarian, totally it's all the time. Stuff. Yeah, I know, and like Kiki just like I said yesterday, went spear fishing, caught this really good reef fish, and then made it into like. Vici and brought it down today to the beach and we're just like oh life is good yeah that's that sounds fabulous so I, like I said when we started I knew I would be jealous of yeah. your lifestyle and I am but I hope to meet you one day I hope maybe one day we can come out there and see you and maybe you can teach this old girl a few tricks because I'm certainly not uh, afraid to try so yeah I would love to and we're a co-ed surf school so I know the Maui surfer girl seems like it's girls only but 
we could definitely teach your husband. We are you don't even well, you might need some coaching tips now, right? Oh, I definitely do. Yeah, it's yeah. been a I minute. Would love, I would love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a minute since he did his surfing, but he's a great boarder. I mean, he's a a snowboarder and a surfboard. I mean, a, a skateboarder, paddleboard, paddleboard. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's kind of one of those kids that was raised with his feet on a board, so he would pick it up real easy. But me, uh, on yeah. the other hand, I would, I would, I've, 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 I'm sure well. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, well, I, I'm here for you anytime, and hopefully we'll have tourists back soon. It's been kind of a ghost town lately, so hopefully we'll get this coronavirus under control and get yeah, the let's, back Yeah, let's hope so. I, yes. I'm ready for you, too. So tell us, um, give us where everybody can find you, your handles, your website, um, all those good things, because there are a lot of people over here that visit Hawaii, you know, for their vacations. Yeah. So tell us where they can find you. Well, um, definitely come visit at Maui Surfer Girls. Um, okay. That's our business. Um, at, at Maui Surfer Girls on Facebook or Instagram. And then my personal handle is at Maui Mermama, M-E-R-M-A-M-A. Okay. And uh, at Luna Surf Dog, she's a good one to follow. Too. Yeah, I started following her today too. There's nothing, I love following a good dog, especially a <laughs> surfer dog. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, thank and you. Other, yeah, Go ahead. The side thing is that my other handle, there's one more that I'm going to yeah. plug, which is at Bertito's Bird House because we're uh, rescuing birds at my house. And we have so many incredible bird stories of. You know, like I'm walking Luna down the down the sidewalk, and then we see a featherless bird, and we pick oh. it up, and we hand feed the bird, and so we've we've ended up fostering probably about 15 um, birds that are fledglings that have fallen oh. out of a, a nest. Yeah, and so it's Birdito's Birdhouse. Okay, spell that out for everyone so they can find that. Yeah, that's a good question. I think we spelled it B I R D. Um, E T T O Bird House um, at Birdito Birdhouse. Okay. I think that's one. Yeah. Surely they can find it. All right. I'm going to check that one out too. So I yeah. know you've had a long day out in the sun and in the ocean. So I know you're probably beat. I want to thank you yeah. so much for your time. Um, and thank, you know, I, I do. I, I think. I think we just need to connect with elements, and water is um, one of the main ones, right? Uh, the oh, element of the, the West, best. and and she has it carries some incredible power. And I she think really if does. yeah, and if people would try to connect, uh, I always say when I when I speak to the the element of water that I always want to drink of your knowledge and bathe in your beauty. So Ooh, I like that. I like that too. So I love I love water and I'm a water sign and all those sort of things. So you are a girl that I have a lot of admiration for just that you get to do that, you know, that that's that the universe yeah. puts you there, you know. So I yeah. think, think that's pretty damn cool, girl. Congratulations. Thank you. And I love sharing that gift with others. So I'm happy to be um, people's little guide into the ocean. Yeah, I, I think they're in great hands. So everybody, if you're over there, look Dustin up. Um, and if you, for some reason, you know, you don't, if the you lose the podcast and you you forget what it is, always just give me a call. I'll I'll, I'll get you to, or we'll get you get it all worked out. But um, we're not going to take up any more of your time. I know you're you're tired, 
And thank you. Thank you. We, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Dustin. Yeah, Kathy. It was nice yeah, talking no to you. Yeah, great talking to both of you, and you guys have a safe, happy fall. 